You're listening to The Clockwork Podcast, where we explore how the gears and cogs of society play a crucial role in shaping our lives. Today's episode is called Patriarchy in Our Society. Some critical questions are how does patriarchy affect both men and women? The global scale and daily impacts of patriarchy are everywhere, so how can we address, identify, and find the solutions for all those issues? How do institutions fuel patriarchy? Find that out and more in today's episode. Welcome to the Clockwork Podcast. What do you love the most about yourself? Resourceful. I like that I can figure out what's needed and can figure out how to get it or to connect people and things together to make something happen. My enthusiasm. My honesty. My ability to get lost in a book. My positivity. My empathy. My sense of humor. My ability to connect with others. Being able to see situations through lenses of both logic and emotion. This question, although simple, reflects the struggle that women of all generations face every day. Their opinions, ideas, and emotions are invalidated and unrecognized by those who secretly fear the power of a free-thinking woman. To be able to express yourself freely with confidence and conviction is a right that all deserve, but has been denied to women for centuries. The ability to recognize what you love the most about yourself is one that increases awareness, empathy, and the determination of the human spirit and what it is capable of. When the pressure of social norms and silence pushes down on you, your only option is to push back. But no man would sacrifice his honor, even for love. Millions of women have. This is a quote from the 1973 A Doll's House movie based on the Enrique Ibsen play. This quote is critical to the ideas of a doll's house and the patriarchy and injustice that underlies the domestic sphere of Victorian life. Ideas of toxic masculinity that have evolved from patriarchy claim that a man's honor and pride as the head of the house is above all. Due to patriarchy, he believes that it is his duty to protect and provide for all members of his family, especially his wife. Evidently, Helmer is infuriated by how Nora saved his life. To him, the notion that he could be dead right now is second to the fact that his honor and position has been challenged by, God forbid, a woman. Patriarchy has created these ideas of toxic masculinity, and Nora, being independently minded, strong-willed, and determined, is set on challenging the stereotypes and appearances that have dominated her life. Even with her father, Nora was silenced into submission, forced to marry a man who was obsessed with controlling her and her appearances as his perfect little wife. Nora's retort to Helmer also poses an interesting parallel to his claim. Women throughout history have made numerous sacrifices for those they loved, whether it out of romantic love, for family obligations, or for children. Many young women forsake their careers and job opportunities to raise a family, agreeing to give up their dreams to follow a more traditional path. Other young mothers, abandoned by the father, will sacrifice their time and energy to raise a child alone. One in four children, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, live without a father in their home. 
This leaves women not only to provide for their family, but to raise them alone as well. Additionally, women conditioned by their families to traditionally patriarchal norms are forced into marriages or honor marriages. These marriages are results of upholding a family's honor, and a woman sacrifices her entire life to uphold the honor of her family. Women like Josvindir Sanghera fight against the institutionalized forced marriage, campaigning for the freedom and independence of girls all over the world. One of her most powerful lines is cultural acceptance is not accepting the unacceptable. If someone is being abused or forced into giving up their independence and freedom, it is the duty of others to help and fight for them. Sadly, there are many women in the family who perpetuate patriarchal ideals and force marriage on their daughters. This vicious cycle needs to end. If we do not fight together against the perpetrators who use family honor as an excuse to dehumanize women, the pain and suffering of hundreds of millions of women throughout the globe will continue. Additionally, the article Racism and Patriarchy in the Meaning of Motherhood by Dorothy E. Roberts delves into what it means to be an African-American mother in a patriarchal society. This article expresses the issues found in the domestic sphere, especially with child raising and being a mother. In a patriarchal society, the relationship between a mother and her child is considered sacred, as long as there is a man in it. On a bigger level, this article discusses how, although patriarchy affects women of all races, black and white women are affected differently. This pertains to issues like the combination of sexism and racism found in both the workplace and in schools, and the institutionalized racism found in society as a black mother, especially one raising children alone. It examines how the institution that holds up patriarchy and racism are intertwined, designed to keep black and brown women silenced. All women need to be aware of this issue, regardless of if it affects them or not. I'm Bell Hooks. And I'm speaking freely. What this is all about is your right to freedom of speech. Bell Hooks is an African-American author, professor, and writer. She wrote the article Understanding Patriarchy, which examines how patriarchy affects men and women both. It addresses how patriarchy affects the domestic sphere of both a mother and her daughter and son. Bell Hooks' mother, being raised with patriarchal values, actually unintentionally reinforces patriarchy and the pain and hatred that is tied to it. She tries to excuse her husband's actions, saying Bell Hooks must accept his outrage and beatings as a child and just conform to being the perfect girlish stereotype. Her mother is trying to convince her to be submissive and passive, accepting what she can't change. This only further reinforces the power dynamic between men and women, both in the home and outside the home. As for men, they are forced to push down their emotions in order to appear perfectly capable and ungirly. This silences and de-empathizes many men, which is hurtful to all. You're talking to me like a child. Hey, I got news, I'm not a little girl. And no, I won't give you a little twirl. You're talking to me like I'm sad. Hey, I got news, I'm not doing too bad. Even though sometimes I might get real mad. You're talking to me like a child. My words are growing stronger. And 
Patriarchy is drilled into the heads of young children at an extremely young age. The article called The Patriarchal Stigma of Periods and how hashtag blood normal is changing that by Melinda Parrish directly addresses how this affects young girls, especially in school. On a larger scale, the stigma against menstruation is from a simple fear of the power of a woman. Periods represent the ability to bear and have children, and many people fear this unknown power and ability. It is a natural monthly thing, yet women still feel the need to hide their feminine hygiene products. Furthermore, women all around the world cannot pay or afford for the expenses of hygiene products. The fact that women are denied the right to basic health and sanitation from a normal bodily process needs to change. Additionally, the opinions of women are desensitized by people saying, it must be that time of month again. It takes the valid emotional response of a person and dehumanizes it. On a global scale, one example of this is in Orthodox Judaism, where a woman on her period is called nidah. It means uncleanliness and impurity, stemming from the fear and taboos associated with menstruation. We are the change. Men and women working together to end hatred is the only way our society can become whole from the divided splinters it is in now. Don't wait for someone else to speak up. Your ability to speak is a right and your voice is your own. Thank you for listening to the Clockwork Podcast. I would like to thank Mr. Whitaker for encouraging the exploration of patriarchy and podcast making. I would love to thank the voices of Noel Hardeveld, Marsha Levin Roger, Holly Stout, Zahava Roger, Devinka Pires, Ellie Roger, Lila Gold, Jennifer Lublin, and Rebecca Neusner. The audio used was the song Best Part by her and Daniel Caesar, the 1973 movie A Doll's House, the video Speaking Freely, Bell Hooks, and lastly, the song Seashore by The Regrets. Thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoyed.